Hi, and welcome to Mom Meets World, where our mission is to strengthen home and family. Today, we are so excited because we have a great episode we're calling Yoda Day, where we are sharing things that people have said or done for us that impacted our lives. The key here is that those people are members of a family or our family. So, um, we have today, um, a lot of us in the same room and we're going to start with what, what's a message or a warning or a, an encouragement that blessed and helped you along this journey through mortality. So I'm going to start and I'm going to thank Emily who's here today, my daughter, Emily, um, for helping me with something that could have been a complete disaster. And she saved me from that disaster. And here's the story. I was starting this baby as you, my listeners know, as you know, this is a brand new baby podcast and we're so thankful for all all of you guys. We're now into the hundreds of listeners. We're so grateful for you. But as we first started, I thought, I don't know if I was in a state of delirium or what it was, but I thought I had kind of a fun idea for some intro music rather than the canned intro music that you can get. I thought, well, maybe we can come up with something. So I... (laughs) I very, in very all seriousness, I went to Emily and I said, Hey, let me try this out on you. I think this could be intro music. The world is tough, but moms are tougher. Mom meets world. And then I had my little tiny granddaughter go, um, hello world into the microphone. Okay. So isn't that just ridiculous? I know a lot of you are probably just mocking me. I don't blame you. I am mocking myself now, but I, at first I thought, well, that's like, that's a real thing. The world is tough. But my, anyway, I gave it to Emily. I said it to Emily. I sang it to Emily. Sorry. And Emily said to me, mom, I love you. And I would love to be part of your podcast. Um, all of us, many of us would like to do that, but I will never under any circumstances on this earth be part of that song. <laughs> Never. And so then I went back and I listened to it and I thought, oh, this sounds like Kathy Lee Gifford on SNL. Like it's a, it's skit material. The world is tough, but moms are tougher. Mom, it's world. Hello world. I like the hello world though. I would have kept that. Anyway, I am thankful forever and for the rest of my life that <laughs> Emily stayed, stayed the course, stayed true and helped us not destroy this podcast in its early days. Okay. Now I'm going to time the, uh, turn the time over to to other members of our loving family and and have them share. And hopefully girls and boys in this listening to this podcast, men and women, um, it might inspire you to think, and I hope it will, of people that have inspired you and encouraged you or warned you because families are there to help. We're there to protect each other and to love each other and support each other. Okay, I see a hand up. Who is it? I, it's Emily. Okay, Emily, go ahead. I'm just impressed that you still managed to kind of sneak that song off the podcast. <laughs> If we get enough comments saying keep the song, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> do you have a do you have a story? Oh yeah, I, just, just a little one. But I, you had asked me this question beforehand, and I was thinking that um, uh, Dad is really good. Who's here um, at sort of like family like catchphrases, especially for little kids? I see him still use them on little kids. I remember one that he used to always tell us when we were little was, "If you do bad things, bad things happened," and. uh it's true. And if you do good things, good things happen. It, mostly. Right? Mostly, but not always. But I don't think that's a universal principle. That's but true. The, like, in the long run, yeah. yeah. But yeah. the bad things happen, do bad things, bad things happen is very true, especially as like a toddler. But it's something that still stuck with me to this day, you know, just kind of keeps you honest. You know, like if you're tempted to cheat on a test or something in high school, it's like, oh, if you do bad things, bad things happen. Can't do that. I love that. And so I just I think he's, he was really good at those memorable catchphrases. Yeah, he's awesome. Okay. Anybody else? I am... Um, Actually, I was just thinking the same thing. I was like, I think I have a bunch of like, like kind of not pithy, but like statements that dad said as always kids that I use with my kids literally every day. And one that I 
remember I spilled a, an entire gallon of milk on the um, floor, literal milk. literal milk in the kitchen. And dad goes, I, I was, you know, like, oh, kind of horrified. And dad goes, well, we don't cry over spilled milk and just help me clean it up. And he said that and I use it with my kids, but it also, it's actually really helped me as a parent to not overreact when my kids do things, especially like mm. my five-year-old who is, you know, constantly spilling things and wrecking things. And just to like tell myself like, and her like, oh, you know what? You didn't, it was an accident. We don't punish accidents. And that now she'll even say like, if she like broke something, if she can tell I'm kind of like, oh, she'll go, uh, it was an accident. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, we don't, you know, we don't cry over spilled milk. And the same thing. I remember when we like, I hit a car. <laughs> When I was in high school, a little bit more milk, a little bit more milk. I hit a car and dad, dad's always first reaction. Anytime someone came in, if someone had like been in an accident or hit somebody else or like, you know, done something really stupid and maybe caused damage, he'd always go, are you okay? And then he would proceed to like, talk to us about it. And that's been really valuable for me as like a parent. Like anytime my kids do something is to like, ask them first how they are. Like, are you okay? And then care about whatever property has been. you know, mess with just like, I think it really puts you in like a perspective where you're, you know, caring about your kid rather than, you know, whatever may have happened. Also you, you hit a, like I was there, you hit a a parked car that you backed up into it. It wasn't like you just like hit a car, like, like caused a car crash. Yeah. But I also, I also hit the Subaru with a truck (laughs) (laughs) and so did like all of my siblings. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was like a rite of passage. I I didn't hit the truck. I just hit, I hit the Coyer's car, which is more impressive. It's a rare, a rare. But in any of those situations, dad's reaction was always, are you okay? Even if it was clear that we were okay. And I just feel like that was the right way to set it up. Right. As like, Oh, dad cares about me. And also, sorry, I, you know, caused property damage. Uh, I love that. And it reminds me of when Rachel was little and I did something, I dropped something in the kitchen or broke some fairly valuable dish. And she turned around her little three-year-old self. She was on a counter stool and she looked at me and she goes, it's okay, mommy. We all make mistakes. And I thought that's a saying we have had in our family for years. And she picked up on that and it was okay. I, everybody makes mistakes, but I also love dad's calm attitude. He's always been very, very calm. Jaden, you've got a thought. Um, so when I was younger, I, of course, you probably know as my mother, um, in her podcast has said, I'm adopted. Um, and my grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. We were going to tell you, we were going to we were gonna me. this in the family <laughs> on a podcast. <laughs> How did you get here? No. Keep okay. Going. Anyway, shocker. Um, you. <laughs> A little elf. Um, no. Uh, so my grandpa, I used to live with my grandparents and my grandpa was a big cowboy. He liked to ride horses and ranch and do all that stuff. Um, of course the horses died when he didn't got older, but, um, one of the biggest things he taught me one time I fell off a horse, um, when I was younger and it like wasn't really painful, but it really hurt. And I remember just him telling me, you got to get back on the horse. And like every single time, like Mm -hmm. something bad would happen or I'd like get upset or something. I'd just be like, well, got to pick up the reins and get back on the horse. And I just always think about that when I do something stupid or something like that. But yeah, that's a great one. I have one. Um, So um, let's see. My parents are both from a little town in southeastern Idaho called Income. And we used to go visit there. And my grandmother on my mom's side lived in a 
trailer house, um, maybe two bedrooms. And when I was very young and would come to visit, somehow she and I developed this tradition where I would sleep on the couch. And I don't know why, but I called it the comfortable couch. And she would come out and sleep with me on that couch. And I have, um, for years, I just thought it was because, you know, it was just a fun tradition for she and I. And now I think about it as such a big sacrifice because I have a really hard time giving up my sleep. Um, I, it's just so important for me to get good sleep, um, with as busy as I am and all the things that I do. But whenever we'd come visit when I was young, that's what she would do. Um, she would make up the couch and she'd come out there, give up her own bed and come out and sleep with me on that couch. This was when I was just a so little kid. Sweet. And I think about it a lot lately. Because she's a grandpa. Yeah. And about how much she, it's a little tiny everyday thing, mm-hmm. but you know, she wanted to spend that time with me. She wanted to sacrifice her night's sleep to just give me that love and comfort. And I think it was just a sweet, sweet, sweet thing. And so it wasn't a saying. It was it was a demonstration that she did for me over and over again. And at the time, I had no appreciation for it at all. Mm-hmm. But as I think back on it and what it meant, uh, now I look back on it and I think, okay, I get it now. Um, so I learned from her, you know, little everyday sacrifices really matter and add up for people over time, even if they don't really get it at the time. I love that. I'm so grateful, not only for, by the way, for new listeners in the room, that was my husband, Tom, who you haven't heard on this podcast before, but hopefully you'll hear again. He's a super busy uh, LDS bishop and an attorney, and to have him is such a gift. Thank you, sweetheart, for coming. Um, I want to ask you guys a question about something a piece of wisdom that was given to me and if it impacted you, cause we've given it to you too. And if so, how? So when I was about 13, my mom took me aside and said, honey, I want you to remember this and never forget it. And she looked me straight in the eye and she said, marry someone who loves God more than you. And I feel like that is one of the maybe the single best piece of advice I was ever given. And it led me to this good man who just spoke um, because he did love God more than he loved me. Did any of you um, have that in your mind when you were looking for a spouse? Did that phrase or even that idea, that concept um, resonate with you that you're looking for someone who loved God more than he loved you? How about you, Emily? Yeah, I certainly did. I don't know if I have anything in particular to say about it but it's certainly something that stuck with me or just you know someone i think Stephen r Covey talks about like having your life centered on principles not people which sounds weird like obviously want to give to people but like you know like if, if if everything about you is just wrapped up in your romantic partner then your moral compass is in danger right um or wrapped up in even in your child or like your parent or something like that like really like you want to live the principles of like honor and compassion. And so if your life is centered on God, for instance, then that can really help with that. So yeah, that's certainly something I look for. And I did remember you saying that. Yeah. And I think Katie did too. I think we talked about it when we were both dating people in, in college. Was that a, a filter, a good information? Did you um, have that as a filter that you kind of ran your guys through, Katie? I think so. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, if you're speaking to the general principle, just of sort of someone that's going to do the right thing regardless of, 
I mean, you obviously want to marry someone, right? That's like, if you packed up and left the church, they were not going to follow you, right? Like, <laughs> or just like if you, someone that's more invested in doing the right things and just doing, you know, what you want. And I joke with Teresa that, you know, when she's looking for a husband to marry someone that will, um, what's the story? What are the stories? Like the pioneer story when they get in the water and then all the guys die tragically. <laughs> later and I was like you want to marry someone that'll get in the water you know that like (laughs) (laughs) Emily hates when I use that story because she doesn't want her husband to die (laughs) but but just say just the idea of someone that's like willing to do I think what mom was trying to get at and tell me if I'm wrong by saying marry someone that loves God more than you is just marry someone that's going to do the right thing regardless of the circumstance and sort of like is willing to you know pay whatever cost to do the right thing, and I think that definitely stuck with me. I definitely wasn't asking guys like, "Do you love God more than me?" on <laughs> dates, but I think that attitude towards God, right, that he like he is the be all end all, and like doing the right thing is the most important for sure. Yeah, that was definitely a filter I looked at in terms of when I was dating, and eventually got married. I appreciate that. I, Jamie, next, just one second, honey. Um, just for the new people in the room, she, the story she's referring to is about three young men who were crossing the plains during the early pioneer times. They were probably all teenagers, is my guess, and they were um, in a situation where the the water was very difficult to cross. Um, people were struggling with that, and they were tired and weak, and it's a long journey. So these young men offered to carry people across the water, but in the process, that freezing cold water um, had a deleterious effect on their health later on and all three boys died so that's the story that's the background for what katie uh commented um i just want to of course i'm not married i'm not even close to marriage at all yes (laughs) (laughs) yes um you're 15 you're 16 i'm 16 anyway Mm -hmm. so what i just wanted to say is um, I just want to brag about my mom for a second. Every single time she has a moment or if I talk about a boy or something, she always, almost always, every time, always says, like, remember, make sure that he loves God more than he loves, he loves you. And she also prays for that, too, um, when, yeah. That's and true. I just love that, yeah. I love it. I, I feel like that is really, truly the single greatest piece of advice I've been given. Um, we're going to have to close here pretty soon. This will be a shorter class. We've got to get going. But I do want to mention a phrase that my dad used, and this is in one of my articles. I write for Meridian Magazine, um, so you can look it up. I can't remember the name of the title of the article, but uh, it's my my dad speaking about the Bay of Pigs, and that's the phrase he would use, Bay of Pigs. So what happened was we would go to him and say, Dad, I'm struggling with fill in the blank. A, a boyfriend, girlfriend, or a, a test, or health issues, or anything, anything we could think of that was a teenager thing. And my dad's classic response was, is this the Bay of Pigs? And then we would say, no, dad, or maybe I don't really know what the Bay of Pigs is. And then he would explain the Bay of Pigs and how scary that Cuban Missile Crisis was. And he would say, that's how you put it in perspective, is you measure whatever your problem is by the Bay of Pigs. <laughs> and so even to this day, my siblings and I will joke around about, we'll look at each other, and if we're having serious struggles, we'll say, well, is it the Bay of Pigs? Uh, so it's nice, I think, to have these little catchphrases that give us perspective and bond us as families. Um, I'm grateful that we had the opportunity to be here today. And thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. And we'll, we have a companion part to this. We'll get to when we have more time next time. Have a great day, a great week, and we'll see you next time on Mom Meets World.